All right, we're going to have the pre brother, we're going to have you preach down here so you're out of the sun, okay? So we'll bring the pulpit around over here. I think I can see everybody, so you'll be able to see him right here. Uh, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to um, just go ahead and mention this. Yesterday, I received a text from somebody that said, I think we should fix his van. And then five minutes ago, I had another deacon, that was a deacon, I had another deacon just text me on my watch. I'm sitting here in my watch bus. I think we should tech fix his van. And so we've had a motion and a second. All right. Who would say with a hearty amen, all in favor? Amen. I think we should. And, you know, they, they sing in a lot of churches that have 30 people and can't afford to even give them an offering. And so if we can be a blessing and help them along the way, I'd like to be able to do that. Uh, they've only been a year at this as far as full time, I think. And, and uh, so we appreciate their sacrifice and, and what it means to other churches. Can you imagine if some small church could have a group come in like that, just revitalize them and encourage them and help them? And I'll tell you this. When, when you pastor a small church, sometimes you have a guest preacher in just so the pastor can get some fellowship. That's, that's a lot of times that's what it's about. And so we want to help, help them get on the road and get to the next church and help some churches that maybe couldn't do as much. So I uh, appreciate you. Well, you know, I appreciate the deacons that said, let's, let's help them. And so uh, we're gonna, we'll take care of that. We don't know what that will be, but you just let us know. All right? All right. You send Rob Judge the bill. Robert Judge. Box 752. Amen. But we'll, we'll take care of it. Send it to Bethel Baptist Church. All right? All right. God bless you. Well, I certainly appreciate that. And um, just to just thank God for His people. God's people are the best people there are. I really believe that. And it's not because they're good people. It's because God's good. Amen? And uh, I don't. am I sitting, am I in a wrong, wrong spot here? Stay where I am. Don't move. Amen. I do appreciate that, and thank you for being mindful of that need. And um, it's been a blessing to be here. We have really enjoyed it. Enjoyed getting to know some of you folks, and and uh, got some fellowship with your pastor and his family, and um, enjoyed it. Just uh, I like being around people who are real. Amen. They just don't put on. They're just real. And I appreciate that. I really do. And uh, thank God for what he's done this week. And uh, appreciate the opportunity to preach. And so I understand we're outside. and uh, But it's it's not too hot. It's quite nice, isn't it? And uh, so, but I'll be mindful of the time uh, that we have here tonight. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter... 27. Genesis 27. And um, I want us to look at <clears throat> something in the life of Jacob and see uh, a principle in his life that um, I believe that we need in our lives as well. And uh, as we look at the life of Jacob, you know, he's one of the central figures in the book of Genesis, and uh, his life is kind of a contrast. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of ups and downs in, in Jacob's life, and, uh, but through it all, God blessed him, and God taught him some things, and Jacob uh, was a, a man who was teachable, and he was stubborn at some things and times in his life, but uh, 
God was able to get through to him, amen, and um, I kind of relate with Jacob in that way. And uh, so we want to look at something in the life of Jacob here, and I want us to, to think about uh, this blessing. Genesis 27, and beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see he called Esau his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die." And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock, and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. We'll stop reading there. Let's pray, and I want us to think about this blessing. Okay? Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. We're so thankful for what you've done in our hearts. We're so thankful most of all for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the salvation that comes through him. And Lord, we're thankful also for your blessings that you bring upon our lives. And Lord, in particular, Lord, we're thankful that you uh, not only forgave us our sins, but you gave us uh, the gift of your Holy Spirit uh, to speak to us. You gave us this book that we call the Bible. And uh, Lord, I pray that tonight as the Word of God goes forth, that the Spirit of God would speak to every heart. Lord, we pray that eternal work would be done in our hearts in this gathering tonight. Father, we know that as the song we played, uh, brethren, we have met to worship. There's a line in that song, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Lord, I believe those words, and I believe that if we assemble here tonight, all the singing and the preaching and all the fellowship and all the food, it's all for naught if your Spirit does not work in our hearts. And so, God, we look to you. We know that you are forward-minded to work in our hearts, that the only thing that stands between us and revival is us. And, God, I pray that you would... Uh, just work in our hearts and uh, speak to our hearts. Give us clarity of thought. Help us to understand your word and the principles that we're looking at tonight. And Lord, as always, we pray if there's someone here unsaved, Lord, that you would speak to their heart. Help them to see their lost condition and their need of a Savior. And Lord, I pray they'd be convinced that Jesus is the only way to uh, salvation and forgiveness of sins. And may they trust Christ tonight. We'll thank you and praise you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
As we look at this blessing here, and uh, it's kind of a little difficult, I think, for us in these days. Uh, we have a different culture than, than what Jacob lived in and his family. But I want us to see how important this blessing was. We read a little bit of the story, and, and uh, Isaac is getting ready to die. And before he dies, he wants to make sure that he passes on the blessing to his son Esau. And so he lays out the plan. He tells Esau to go uh, hunt and get some meat for him and fix it just like he likes it. And then he's going to come before him and Isaac's going to give him this blessing. Now, this blessing was very important in, uh, in their culture. It was part of the inheritance. It was part of the right of the firstborn. And uh, we have the birthright that uh, is mentioned in this story as well. And at this point in time, Jacob has already stolen the birthright from Esau. Jacob and Esau are brothers. As a matter of fact, they're twins. But Esau is the older of the two. And so the birthright and the blessing are, are due to be granted to Esau. Now, as, e as Isaac is telling Esau to go prepare this meal for him so he could bless him, Rebekah, their mother, overhears what Isaac is telling Esau. And so Rebekah comes up with this plan. She tells Jacob, listen, I want to, uh, I'll fix the food and I'll fix you. Amen. Later in the story, we'll see uh, that, uh, that she comes up with this plan. Esau is a very hairy man. He was, uh, spent his time out in the fields. Jacob was a smooth man, and he spent his time in tents. And so Rebekah comes up with this plan to fix a meal just like uh, Esau would have and to, uh, to disguise Jacob uh, so that uh, Isaac thinks that Jacob is Esau. We already know from the story that Isaac now, he's old and his eyes are dim. He can't see very well. And so they come up with this plan to steal this blessing. Now, I want you to think about this. And I want, I want, it to, I want to just, uh, just Im, uh, impress upon your heart how important this blessing was. This blessing was so important that Rebecca was willing to deceive her own husband and to subvert her own son, Esau, in order for Jacob to get the blessing. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, why would Rebekah do this? Why did Rebekah want uh, Jacob to have the blessing instead of Esau? Hold your place in chapter 27. Go back to chapter 25. In Genesis 25, we're told about the birth of these boys. And uh, uh, verse 21 says, Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Now watch what the Lord says here. The Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. So Rebekah has in her mind these words that God had told her concerning her sons. Uh, God said, listen, you're going to have twins, they're going to be boys, and the, and, and, and the Bible tells us that, that God instructed her that the elder 
is going to serve the younger. So the younger is going to be elevated in God's eyes over the elder child. And so all through their lives, Rebekah has favored Jacob. And we read about that in, in Genesis 25, 27. The boys grew. Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Esau loved, or I'm sorry, and Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. Amen, men? Yeah. <laughs> Praise God, he's a good cook. We like him better. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Rebekah understood something about Jacob that quite possibly Isaac did not know. We're never told that Rebekah told Isaac about what God had told her about the boys. Are you with me? And so they're, as they grow up, they've got favorites. And now Rebekah says, listen, I want Jacob to have this blessing. Rebekah has in her mind that Jacob is going to be the one who's going to be elevated. And so Rebekah decides to help God. Amen? And how many times in our lives have we been tempted to try to help God? Can I tell us tonight, God doesn't need our help. He needs our obedience. He needs our submission. And so she tries to help God. Now guess what? Their evil plan worked. Jacob went in. He, he gave Isaac the food. Isaac uh, ate of the food and he said, listen, he said, hmm. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said, I am Esau. You see, Isaac couldn't see, and he so he had he had Jacob come near, and he came near and he kissed Jacob and he felt him. He felt his neck and he felt his arms, he felt his hands, and it felt right. It felt right, and so Isaac gave Jacob the blessing. Incidentally, not, not part of the message, but the only thing, the only sense that Isaac didn't trust was his hearing. He trusted all the other senses. And it felt good to him, and so he gave Jacob the blessing. Listen, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Don't trust what you see or trust your feelings Trust what the Word of God says. Amen? So Jacob is deceived, uh, has deceived his father. Isaac has given him the blessing. Now watch what happens when Esau returns from the field. Esau returns to the field. Jacob has just left. Verse 30 tells us that Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He made the meat. He went in. He went to present himself to his father. And verse 32, Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten all before thou camest, and have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. Isaac trembles exceedingly. It, this, this blessing means so much to him. He realized he's been deceived. 
And you see the response from, from uh, Esau when Esau heard the words of his father. He cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. He is heartbroken because the blessing that he was supposed to receive has been given to someone else. The Bible tells us that because of this, Esau hated his brother. Verse 41, it says, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. That's how much this blessing meant to Esau. To the point where he had murder in his heart for his brother. And not just a brother, but his twin brother. Say, what's the point you're trying to make? I want us to see how important this blessing was to them. The blessing of Isaac. Now, as I looked at this, and I considered that each one of these family members were willing to jeopardize their entire family over this blessing and the relationships in their family over this blessing, it really made an impression upon me. And I thought about this as I looked through this chapter and I saw all the drama unfolding. They were so consumed with the blessing of Isaac. But you know what you don't see in this chapter? You do not see them consumed with the blessing of God. They are willing to do anything for this blessing of Isaac, and yet they have overlooked seeking the blessing of God. Now, there may be some who think that the blessing of Isaac equals the blessing of God, but it doesn't, and I'm going to show you that from the Scripture. And as I thought about that, I thought about this. How many times in our lives we go about what we're doing to seek the blessing and the approval of man and we sacrifice the blessing of God on the altar of the blessing of man? Listen, you know what you know what Bethel Baptist Church needs? It needs the blessing of God. You know what you need? You know what your family needs? You know what your marriage needs? It needs the blessing, the hand of God upon you. And yet how many trade the blessing of God for the approval of man? Paul said this, he said if I were if I were to uh, to seek to please men, I should not please God. You see, our chief goal ought to be to please God and to have His blessing upon us. And Jacob here, now he's got Isaac's blessing, but he's got a boatload of trouble along with it. Now, as, as Jacob goes through his life, he overhears, actually, Rebecca overhears what Esau said about killing him. 
And so Rebecca comes up with another plan. And she said, I want you to run to my brother Laban. And Jacob does so. He goes to Laban. And I want you to turn to, to Genesis 32. Now between Genesis 27 and Genesis 32, Jacob goes to Laban. He, uh, he meets a young lady there by the name of Rachel. And he loves her very much. Laban's daughter. And uh, so he talks to Laban about Rachel. And Laban said, well, work for me seven years. And I'll give you my daughter, Rachel. Jacob works for uh, Rachel for seven years. And then he marries who he thinks is Rachel. That veil must have been pretty thick. Amen. And the Bible says that in the morning after the wedding, he wakes up and behold, it was Leah. Amen, as Gomer Pyle would say, surprise, surprise, surprise. And so, and so Jacob, not to be deterred, goes to Laban and says, hey, what's going on here? Laban said, well, you know, it's not fitting to give the younger sister first in marriage. I had to give the older sister. All Laban was doing is he wanted to keep Jacob around because God was blessing Laban because of Jacob. So he said, work another seven years and you can have Rachel. And so that's what happened. And then Jacob worked another six years uh, with, for Laban for some cattle. So there's 20 years between the time that he left home and Genesis 32. Now, Genesis 32, we find Jacob leaving Laban and heading back home. First time he's been home in 20 years. He's on his way back. Now remember the last time he was there. To say that things were rocky between him and Esau would be an understatement. The last time he was home, Esau said, I'm going to kill you. But now he's worn out his welcome with Laban, and he's got to go home. Now during this time, God has richly blessed Jacob. There's a lot of blessings that God has given him in his life. So now Jacob not only has the blessing of Isaac, but he has the blessings of God. I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to think about it. He has the blessings of God, but he does not have the blessing of God. Blessings in the, in the sense that God is being good to him. God is showering him with good things but he still does not have the hand of God upon his life. And you know, a lot of people, listen, it's easy to mistake the blessings for the blessing. It's very easy to think, well, I got money in the bank and I've got my needs taken care of. Must be God's all right with me. Listen, God is good because God is good. God, listen, he reigns on the just and the unjust. He's just a good God. And there's many times, I can look at my life, many times in my life, God blessed me in spite of me. Can I get a witness on that? And so Jacob, he has the blessing of Isaac. 
He has the blessings of God, but he still doesn't have the blessing of God. And I'll show you that here in Genesis chapter 32. In Genesis 32, in verse one, uh, verse 2, I'm sorry, verse 3, Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants and women servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. Now, you know what Jacob is doing here? He's testing the waters. He's about to return and see his brother for the first time in 20 years. And he wants to make sure, or he wants to see whether Esau is still mad at him. Do you notice the tenor of his words, amen? How he's speaking in his message. He says, thy servant Jacob. Well, come on. He and Esau both understood that Jacob was not the servant. Jacob was the Lord. And Esau was the servant. Per the, the, the call of God and per the blessing of Isaac. But he's trying to pacify him. And then he tells him all the, all the great things he has and the stuff that he has. And he's wanting him to know that, hey, I've got some stuff and, 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 and I'll be willing to give you some stuff if you don't kill me. Amen? That's what Esau is doing. You know what he's doing? Or I mean, Jacob is doing. You know what Jacob is doing? He's being Jacob. He's planning. He's scheming. He's trying to make sure he's got his bases covered. Now look at the response that he receives. In verse 6, it says, And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. Now, what would you think if the last time you saw your brother, he said, I'm going to kill you, and then you come to meet him for the first time in 20 years, and he's on his way to meet you, and he's got 400 men with him. And that's not his quilting buddies. They're not there to throw a big party for, or so it would seem. Look at what Jacob, look what, look what it says about Jacob, verse 7. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. I get it. I would be greatly afraid and distressed. And, and then he comes up with a plan. He divides his people and he sends some this way. And he said, he's got uh, two groups. He says, if, if Esau goes after one, then the other ones will escape. If he goes after this one, that one will escape. He's making his plans. He's, he's scheming. He's, he's Jacobing. Amen. You see, Jacob is coming to the place where he's realizing, get this, Jacob is realizing that the blessing of Isaac is not enough. The blessing of Isaac is not enough. You know what you're going to find in your life? 
You young people, listen to this. God's going to bring you to a point in your life where the approval of everyone else is not going to be enough to get you through. He's going to bring you to a point in your life where if you don't have the blessing of God, you're not going to make it. Why is he doing that? Because he cares. He wants to get us to a point where we realize we've got to have God's blessing. In this ministry that we're in, we started, it was two years ago, uh, Pastor, that we started in this ministry, a little over two years. When we started in this, my dad was on board with me, and that was about it. Just, just be honest with you. And people didn't understand. I was pastoring there in Nova Scotia and things were going well. I'll be honest with you, I didn't understand. I didn't want to go. But God brought me to a point in my life where I realized I've got to go. This is God's will. And if I want God's blessing, and if you want God's blessing on your life, you have to be obedient to God's will. It's not optional. Jacob here is brought to a place in his life where he realizes without the blessing of God, he'll fail. Watch what happens in verse number 21. He sent a present to Esau as a last-ditch effort. And then, verse 22, it says, He rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, that is the angel, this man said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except thou, what? Bless me. Now, I believe Jacob was wrestling with the Lord himself here. May not have been. It might have been a messenger from him. But later on, Jacob calls the place Peniel. He said, because I've seen the Lord face to face and I lived. It's either God or it's a messenger from God. And Jacob is finally at this place where he is desperate for the blessing of God. Now, in this wrestling match, he's been injured. and But still, he's not letting go. He is desperate for God's blessing upon his life, and he will not settle for anything less. He's holding on. He said, Look, I know I've got Isaac's blessing, and I know I've got all these blessings on my life, all this stuff. But the stuff means nothing. The blessing of Isaac means nothing without the blessing of God. 
Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. We call this prevailing prayer. When was the last time you were desperate for the blessing of God upon your life? So I was walking through the hall this morning after Sunday school. I saw the sign in the hallway about revival. About the reason, I, I can't remember exactly what it says, but maybe the reason why we don't have revival is because we're willing to live without it. We're willing to just go through life without it. Jacob was doing that. He was going through life without God's blessing, but there came a time in his life, there came a, 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 a mountain in his life where he realized without God's hand of blessing upon me, I'm going to fail, I'm going to die. He was desperate. We need some desperation in these days for God. It's no wonder that our church age is called the Laodicean church. We have so much and we have the idea. We're rich and increased with good and we have need of nothing. We have the stuff, but we need the spirit. God has blessed us richly. Just like he blessed Jacob. But Jacob was lacking the thing most important in his life, the blessing of God, the touch of God upon his life. Now he's come to a point where he realizes, I've got to have this. I've got to have this blessing. And so he says, I'll not let you go except thou bless me. Watch 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? Now you know what? It's been a long time since I was in a fight. <clears throat> but I did get in my share of them in school. And this is something I've never had happen in any tussle I've ever been in. I've never been in the middle of a, of a fight, and right in the middle of the fight I say, Hey, what's your name? Doesn't that seem odd? Doesn't it seem strange? Right in the middle of the fight, he said, what's your name? Now, you know what? He knew very well what his name was. Come on, it's like when God called to Adam, Adam, where art thou? God knew where Adam was, but he wanted Adam to admit where he was. And we find the same principle here with Jacob. He says, hey, what's your name? Why is this significant? Because the last time Jacob was asked, what's your name? What did he say? I am Esau. Remember that? And now the Lord is saying, I want you to come clean with who you are. A lot of times we say, well, we need to come clean with what we've done, and that's true. But we need to come clean with who we are. Outside of God, you know what we are? We're Jacob's. You know what Jacob is? Deceiver, supplanter. And he brought Jacob to the point where he realized who he was. Listen, we'll never have the blessing of God upon our lives until we admit who we are outside of his blessing. He said, I'm Jacob. Now watch what happens. This is beautiful. 
as soon as Jacob admits who he is, listen to what the Lord says. Verse 28, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. You know what he said? As soon as Jacob admitted to being who he was, God changed him. Now, you know what? This is a message for the saved, but you know, there's a principle here for the lost too. If you're here tonight and you're unsaved, you know what the Lord's going to do? He's going to bring His Spirit. He's going to convict you not only of what you've done, but who you are. You're lost without God. And as soon as you admit, I'm a sinner, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless, I cannot save myself. As soon as you admit who you are, coming to God by faith, He will change who you are. He called him Israel. Israel is explained here what it means. Prince. You ever think, who is a prince? What is a prince? A prince is a son of the king. Amen? You know, as soon as you come clean before God, if you're here tonight, you're lost. You come clean before God, admitting who you are and your need. And you receive what Christ Jesus did for you. He will change you from a Jacob to a prince. Now, after Jacob had this encounter with God, he left a different man. He walked differently, literally. He had a different walk. He had a different name. Everything about Jacob changed in a moment of time. What was the difference? Did Jacob just decide to do better? No, Jacob had the blessing of God upon his life. And tonight, I don't know what you're chasing, but you're chasing something. Can I tell you tonight, anything and everything else you could chase after and have pales in comparison to the blessing of God upon your life. Money, fame, that girl, that guy, all of that pales in comparison to having God's blessing on your life. And tonight, as individuals, tonight, as families, tonight, as a church, let me encourage you to be like Jacob here and not let him go until he blesses you. His blessing, his touch, his hand, his power. There's many different things we could call it. His approval. Many people seeking for everyone else's approval. None of that matters if God's not pleased. And if He's pleased, nothing, nobody else's approval matters. So tonight, if God's worked upon your heart. Maybe tonight, 
you're lost. You're not saved. And you know there's something missing. Lord wants to save you. He wants to change you. Because that's what He does when He saves someone. He changes them from the inside out. Whatever your need is tonight, I pray that you'll go to the only one who can meet it, the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that tonight, as believers, that our chief goal in life is that you would be pleased that your power would rest upon us, that we might be able to make a difference in this world. Be like Jacob who has power with God and with men. We know we cannot do that in our own strength, that we must have your blessing upon us to see that come to fruition in our lives. And Lord, if there's someone here tonight who is unsaved, God, I pray that you would Help them to see that it's your son, the Lord Jesus. He's the one they need. That more money, a new car, a promotion at work, a new relationship, none of those things will fill the void in their hearts that only Jesus can fill. Fill them, Lord, with faith that they might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in his death for their sins and His victorious resurrection. Lord, we'll thank You and praise You for what You do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Pastor.